Hello, this is Netflix's, HBO's and internationally successful comedian Daniel Sloss's voice here to help promote Brad Scott's, I don't know what it's called, whatever his new fucking thing is, whatever this new fucking thing is that he's doing, this thing that you're listening to, I endorse it uh, because despite the fact that very little that he's done has gone well, I still believe in the cunt, so... Hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is the thing you need. Enjoy, enjoy the podcast, the show, the f- whatever this fucking is. Enjoy it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let me pretend like I'm a professional and I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be on your very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for this, no, we, we've been around for some years now. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, the old thread, because uh, ha- I had to restart it because my old producer has all my R- my old RSS information, and I had built a pretty decent audience. Uh-huh. And if I would have actually known how to, like, you know, monetize or log in and look at numbers, uh, I would have, like, it was, it, he always told me he's doing really, really well. Uh, because, like, uh, Drew Lynch, who's uh, a good friend, mm-hmm. I had, like, a... a four episode series where it was like Daniel Sloss did it and then Drew did it. And then uh, you remember Brent Terhune? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you, yeah, Brent uh, did it. And then uh, Ryan Miller uh, did it. Oh, so we had like oh. a great four run stretch. And then literally after that, my producer uh, had some family shit going on mm-hmm. and disappeared for like eight months. Mm-hmm. And I kept, got, and when I finally got in contact with him, I'm like, Hey man, I'm starting my podcast again. Do you have my RSS stuff? He's like, Oh man, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> It's just gone, yeah. so we had to restart everything. It's just, uh, you know. Maybe uh, maybe it'll t- turn up on the hard drive or something somewhere. So but here for we- now, we're starting fresh. Yes. Um, all right. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the actual like intro intro like you know uh, how we met and everything. I'll do that separately since especially we're we're limited on time. Sure. Um, you know, I'm actually glad I'm not doing video because I didn't realize the daylight. This room looks like shit because that big window. We got to fix it. That. looks all right. You're nice and bright. Yeah. You're looking well despite everything you're going through. <laughs> oh, you're so nice to lie. <laughs> By the way, it's so weird. You have, you have, you, it's so weird because you have no clue about I me. Mean, I've literally spent like 18 hours binging your guys' show when I was doing uh, DoorDash the last two days. It's fucking so good. I love it. It's so Aw, you're sweet. Yeah, I wondered how you did that or how you even listened because I never find time. I maybe find time to listen to podcasts in the shower, but then mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes of it. And then uh, when I'm like on the train, if I get a signal, then, I, then I'll listen to it. Or if it's saved, I guess. I am... Yeah, it's just rare that I can fully like read, listen to more than one podcast a week somehow. I didn't. I didn't have a vehicle for the past uh, three months uh, mm-hmm. because of the whole. You know, the, the guy's stealing it, jacking. Uh, yeah, he's kidnapping. By the way, my kid pointed him out in the lineup. He's looking at a minimum six months to two years in prison and uh, a bunch of other stuff after that. So go, Matthew. Uh, Good. Yeah, maybe he'll get it out of his system. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Indiana. Uh, I think it does. Like, I almost don't blame him. Like Indiana does that shit to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm hundred percent on your side when you were like your daughter said something about wanting to live in Indiana and you like your blood curled. I was like, yes, Abby, yes. <laughs> you have to let her know how bad this place is. She loves it. I mean, I'm not gonna talk her out of it. I think is kids just want to live somewhere else than they grew up. She's is she she's a born and raised is in your New York. Is your daughter a bigot? It's like maybe you didn't realize it. Is she a bigot? 
I think it, there's time. There's time for her to become one if she's not yet. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's, it's Indiana, it's in the blood. You know, Indiana, oh, man. the place the place where climate change isn't a thing, but if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. It's like, that's climate change, you piece of shit. Like, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? Hey, should we have legal weed? Because it's this beautiful, natural drug that can help so many people. And the, all the states around us, Illinois, Michigan, mm. everybody's like, they're looking at us. They're like, hey, Indiana, you guys want to get in on this legal weed money? Which is so much. And we're like, nah, we're going to stick with corn. We think corn <laughs> is where it's headed to. Um, so, yeah, okay, we'll go ahead. I'll just jump right in. The Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian, an annoying podcast host, and worst of all, my dad. Pray for me. downloading the premiere episode of the showdown and uh we the showdown <laughs> afternoon ladies and gentlemen this is another episode of wrestlemania your father's favorite podcast and your mom hates it the brad scott experience brad scott's redemption welcome to brad scott live subjective comedy starts right now It was originally just called Stand Up, You Lazy Piece of Shit. Uh, let's just do like a, a bison. A bison? How are you going to fit a bison? Yeah, no Pretty way nice. in hell a bison just can live in here. Be like an old bison, like adopted old, you know, that <laughs> What? A dying bison? Uh, fuck off. Who doesn't like The Simpsons? Do me a favor. If you do, if you guys do want to hit the stuff, of course, tonight, just be careful. Don't upset it. You wouldn't like this. Weed. Oh, I wouldn't. Okay. Cause that's that Bruce Banner. Abby. Hey, Brad. What's up? So, thank you so much for for joining me. And the first question I have to ask you is, when you get recognized places, right? Uh, what is it? What do you get recognized most for? Is it stand up? Is it your Black Friday commercial? Or is it Apache Tears? <laughs> Apache Tears. Wow. I forgot the name of that that movie. Um, that we did. We were a part of a student film together. Student film? Or independent film. Independent yeah, he, film. He, well, he might as well have been a student. He was Abdullah was like 19. Yeah, exactly. He's a young man and he was, you know, like starting his career as a director. Um, but that was a mutual friend we had that's in, uh, also a comedian. So um, I murdered you. you. Oh, you're the one that shot me? I know yeah. that. Yeah, I know I got shot in that video and mm -hmm. I mean in that film and that I, to react to the shot, was making gunshot sounds with my mouth. And he had to tell me to stop doing that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the audio he used for the movie. Did you go to the premiere thing? Yeah, he rented out a whole movie theater for that. Yes, and I have, I have, I've never had a more awkward feeling 
than the end of that movie and wanting to cover my face so nobody knew that I was the one who was supposed to... I I feel bad for Abdullah because his problem was he set a premiere date before he, like, had a script. Uh, So (laughs) if you remember, there was one scene, I don't know if you remember Jay Scott. Yeah. Uh, Jay, literally, he, he drives up to me and then it cuts and he's halfway through a sentence with no context. I was so humiliated and Terry... Uh, R.I.P. I don't know if you know about that. My best friend yeah. uh, who passed away from cancer a few years ago. Thanks for bringing him up, Abby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abby's first godfather. Um, but yeah, that Apache Tears ah, brings back memories. Have you done any uh, films since? I think that was a really fun thing to be a part of. It, and it definitely is a funny, fun memory. Um, have I done movies since? No, you know what? I still want to do movies. I've done commercials and I and I've done television. And I've hosted some programs, but I have not like been a featured performer or a principal actor in a film. You one of these days. But wait, I want to answer your question because <laughs> oh, yes. you you imply that I get recognized. And the last time I was recognized by and you know if, if you if you don't count casting because if I show up in casting they'll be like hey we remember you we know what you're up to. Once I shot a commercial and they were like oh we love your tweets. Um, before, before that, like I was in a Sephora, this is the only time it's ever happened. And a young lady who was like 10 years younger than me was like, I know you, you're, you're on Twitter. And I was like, yeah, I tweet. <laughs> you know what? And so, but this is the sad part. I was like, do you want a picture with me? And she was like, <laughs> oh, no, sure. you're, you're lucky you got the shirt. You were, I know, imagine the gamble you took. Cause it, it, it was. Sorry, it was a pity picture. It was a pity picture. Well, yeah, she took it anyway. Soul, soul crushing. If you go, do you want a picture? She goes, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't really know who you are. Yeah, so um, that's all. That's that, that. I don't think I've ever been recognized outside of that moment, but that was very special and nice. And 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 she didn't like match it up with my name, so I don't know that she really knew who I was, or maybe she thought I was Cree Summer, who's a great voiceover artist. But um, anyway, that was that was fun. You could you can look forward to now moving forward somebody coming up and go hey I know you you're on X yeah 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 I you're on actually I barely tweet on X anymore I call it Twex because I can't let go of Twitter yet but um and when I'm being passive aggressive I call it Twitter but um they can't either it's still the the icon for X on my phone is still the bird is it yeah same no no I mine mine shifted over to the big X but um now people will just recognize me from subjective comedy podcast so that's great. <laughs> Those four people can't wait to come across <laughs> you in public. Um, and so I, I'd have a story. I don't know if I told you this at the time back then, but if you remember, because when, uh, when you first moved to Indianapolis, you and I actually became pretty good friends uh, really quickly. And yeah. we, we started like hanging out. And I had a girlfriend at the time um, who we actually, I don't know if you were at the read through for Abdullah's movie. It was at our house and her name was Jayla, right? Okay. And then I think it was maybe a week or so after the film or whatever you and i went to like crackers or something together mm-hmm. and she was so pissed and that that you and i going to crackers ended our relationship so thank you um because when i we something happened and we were running late like after the show or something came back and when i got back she was so furious and she was so jealous of you and she was like you guys are sleeping together and this is this was my response mm-hmm. i said to her Come on, Jayla. She's way out of my league, which I now know is not like, the best thing to Ouch. say. Ouch. <laughs> but I was also right because you found somebody in your league, Luke, 
who is your co-host on The Kid Is In School, which is an amazing podcast. Please check it out. Uh, I love it. I have been binging uh, the episodes for the last two days. It is so funny. You and Luke have such a good dynamic. What made you guys want to start a podcast? We started the podcast because it was on the heels of trying to recover from the pandemic. So I, our, our marriage got really, really difficult. Like I think a lot of people's did when we were in quarantine. And then after that, we were just, just not getting, not first of all, not getting along. Second of all, putting all our energy into raising a kid and just like when you're spent that way, you just don't have anything left to give anybody else. And so all of our, yeah, this is a couple's therapy term touch points every time we connected was either business-like about what needs to get done in the house or it was negative of like what you're doing wrong so um so I was, like the he was like yeah so so we were we were both trying to figure out you know while work is slow what can we do proactively to get work started and I was like whatever we do if we're gonna work together it has to be fun or positive because I was like I can't have another time where we're like talking at length and it's just heavy or mean or boring, you know? And so he was like, yeah, you're right. And, uh, and so we kind of put anything that we were worried about to the side and just unwinded. And it was really, really fun because that's the other part about parenting that we were learning at the time was that our daughter sucked all the air out of the room kind of with that, with her conversation. It's a tiny New York apartment, as I've learned from listening to the show. Not only is it very small space, but we also adore her. So we're just like, you know, tell us about your life and tell us how you're growing. And also, um, she did no bandwidth for adult conversation. So the second we would get into talking about something like political or taxes, she would just be like, excuse me. Yeah. I wish she would check out. She would just interrupt. (laughs) She'd be like, hello, kid in the room. And so we were like, yeah, when the kid's in school, we're going to we're going to really actually get to talk. And that's what the whole point is of the podcast is talking about anything and everything we want in the way we want, which is usually by joking. And um, and then, yeah, to be fast before the bell rings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But your flashback to the past is funny because I've been trying to. I guess I'm having a midlife crisis or something. So I'm just questioning who I am right now. And I was like going through old journals, which is I recommend to anybody. Cause then you're like, Oh, I remember this person. Is that so like I went to going, a journal back. Yeah. Real quick. Is that like going through old, like have you ever done like the thing where you go back eight years of your photos on like, oh, Facebook yeah. or something? by the end of that, your mind is mush and it is just a <laughs> mind fuck of, yeah. of going through that. So, so you go back through your old journals. It's great. You can, you can do that by going through photos. You can do it by opening a toy, like a box of toy treasures you never had that you haven't looked at since you were six. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you have instant flashbacks. So I went back to the year I met you and, and when we were getting to know each other, cause I was just trying the crackers open mic, mm-hmm. you and I, it said like, I talked with Brad till for hours. Like we went out to, to eat dinner no no first we went to a bar it said yes. you got us free drinks because you had a friend that worked there or you knew the manager or something yeah oh the ugly monkey i guarantee yeah. it was the ugly monkey yeah. yeah it was it was and then soupy. it was like Shout you out know, to soupy hey soupy so we chatted for a long time and then this is the fun part that made me laugh it was like and then it was about three so we went and grabbed coffee and i'm like coffee <laughs> at three so yeah i think There's- jayla was justified in wondering what was going on but it was we were just very chatty people that clicked right away so that was super fun yes and then i think at one point uh after i moved out with uh uh, uh from jayla's place and terry uh my again my, my kid's first godfather uh who passed away a few years ago from cancer thanks for bringing him up uh at our apartment you a came second to time apartment. why do i keep bringing him up <laughs> <laughs> you came to our apartment and there's two things that I remember about that when I was thinking about too. 
was you sitting on my couch with your knees up, holding a scented candle in your hand, <laughs> and you teaching me that something that is stuck into my mind to this day, which is 90% of people in the world are lactose intolerant. They just <laughs> ignore it and deal with the farts. <laughs> I had no clue, and you're so right. It is true. I, I was just validated with that recently. Someone was like, you know, most people evolve to not digest milk, and I'm like, I've been so. Yes, yes, so. you are. You're a prophet. But yeah, the Instagram truthers are still out there telling telling my uh, telling my truths. Um. So anyway, yeah. So we're doing a podcast now, and it's been it's been work. I, I want to say it's been fun, but I'm such a. A complainer. I really had to get out of that habit. So when oh, I think about so it, I'm like, it creates such a good dynamic. Like, oh, I enjoy it when I'm doing it. It's everything else about like that's comedy. This job yeah. is comedy of doing stand up. The telling jokes and hearing people laugh is the fun part. But that's mm-hmm. like ten percent of it. Yes. If that, you know, the rest is like getting there, getting paid, getting booked again. Oh my gosh, the drama. And that's what I tell people after shows uh, when they're like, oh my god, how, you know, how can you go? I'm like, that's the easy part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hard part was exactly. getting up, was literally getting in a position to get up there. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, that, that's the fun part because yeah, you're a natural performer, and it's just yeah, it's so easy. But you're right to make something work, to build something, uh, which we here at Subjective Comedy know nothing about. Uh, it takes so much kind of groundwork, and honestly, I understand why. Uh, and I think it was I'm almost certain it was it was either Sloss or Drew Lynch who gave me this advice at one point um, because we were, we were talking about like creating content and being consistent with it. And they were like, you know, yeah, like it's really hard to stay focused and motivated to create content when you think no one gives a fuck and no one is Mm -hmm. even paying attention, Mm -hmm. but you have to keep in mind that like the content you're creating now is not for people now, because I, I, in fact, I know it was drew because he said, because Brad, you're not an attractive female and you're not a celebrity. So no one gives a shit about anything that you do. He goes, but you're not making content for them. You're making content for when you do the one thing that goes viral or mm-hmm. that, that blows up so that when people go to find you and figure out who you are, they mm-hmm. now have a library of content to go through to get to know you as a performer. And that's how you build a fan base. If they, if you do something that goes viral and they go to your Instagram account and the last post you had was six months ago and you've got 19 total posts and you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. they're leaving immediately. But if they go through and there's a thousand things they can now learn about you and develop. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing I try to keep in mind, but you're right. It is the work part of it is so tough at times. Yeah. And it's hard to get motivated. I mean, I've been externally motivated for a very long time. Like, Oh, what will people like about this and making content with people in mind, but that doesn't, serve me to a point like I mean it worked up to a point where um I stopped caring like if I wasn't getting the results I wanted um you know like you're talking about if you weren't getting the numbers I would just abandon the project no just like no what you're saying is super relatable it's like so I was I had to shift and I don't know that I've completely done this yet but to tap into why do I why did I ever do it in the first place because in the you know getting jokes I wasn't good at comedy at the onset but I and have a good time and people paid attention. So, you know, I wasn't no, no, always no. getting consistent you laughs. You weren't not good at comedy. You didn't have any material. That's the only, like, because right. no one does when they start, but you were good at comedy because you had, that's what I think was the reason that like, we probably ended up talking in the first place because, you know, you, you had a charisma, you had poise up there. You had a confidence. Thanks. You're good at comedy. You just didn't have anything to say at the time. Sure. That's fair. And we, yeah. And I, um, 
and I liked what I was doing. Like I was excited about, I was de- uh, what do you call it? Invested, determined. I was just like, oh, uh, committed. I was committed to like seeing it through and seeing if it would work. You know, I wasn't just going to see if I had fun and then give up if I didn't. So I was in it for the long haul. I took it seriously at the start, but, um, but I also enjoyed the process of creating. Whereas if you put all this pressure on yourself of like, will this be any good? You know, will people like it? It it can keep you from not even finishing it because you could yeah. just doubt it right away. So people, and it might sound cliche, but people are like, does Brad like it? Like, do you think it's funny? <laughs> if it's like remotely entertaining to you, that's the, what you need to start with because that will motivate you to keep keep going, keep doing it. I don't know. What motivates you now besides that promise that one day things will come to fruition? Trying not to, so trying to not be homeless anymore is a good motivating factor. Uh, that will really drive you for, for anything. Um, I know that's, that's survival versus like thriving. Well, let's get yeah. you like on track and then you can talk about what like your creative you're like, process you know what? is. You're like, you know, it's hard for me to get motivated sometimes because I'm bored and I'm like, I've got to fight to get something going. I've yeah. You're like, I need to eat. Closet. I'm donating plasma. You know what, Abby? I have more plasma donation bank cards in my wallet than I do actual <laughs> bank debit cards right now. You're so just keeping no. Indianapolis alive. Yeah. Well, I, so, okay. Right, I, I feel like um, probably, see, I've been doing it for like 20 years now. So mm-hmm. I'd say five, six years ago, I really found my voice. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, finding your voice in comedy is when you are able to write things and you do not need really a live audience to know if it's good or not. Like you kind of, oh. you kind of know what you're writing. Is good. Like I just, I have a feel like I don't have very many uh, things that I write now that I take on stage mm-hmm. that just flat out don't work. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't necessarily get the reaction I want. Mm-hmm. I, I I will usually automatically know why and exactly, you know what I mean? And it's so much right. easier to pinpoint. Uh, same thing, which I don't think comedians bomb. Like to me, a comedian bombing is not a comedian not getting laughs. There could be a thousand reasons an audience mm-hmm. is not laughing. They could be tired. It could be uh, if, they, if it's a smaller crowd and they're spaced out, laughter is contagious. If people aren't in a group and they're mm-hmm. isolated, some people are self-conscious about their laughs. So they may laugh, you know. Yeah, some people may be having a bad day and they still think you're funny. To me, when a comedian bombs is when a comedian visibly loses confidence on stage. That like, happens. I would say also if the audience is just not clicking with you, you know, like they're they laughed at the other guy, they laughed at the person after you, and they just didn't get your stuff. No, no. And it's like But that's, that's not fine. bombing to me. That's not bombing to me. That's just an audience who didn't get you. To me, bombing is the you know, when when somebody's up there and you just see it, and like we've all been at those shows or been at you know been on that stage ourselves uh-huh. and i will say i don't bomb anymore if, that's cool i think not- i think it's like if you just don't get laughs you don't have to th- consider that being a failure but i would call that bombing because like the whole goal is to get laughs but it's however you want to define it is is fine i don't think it's i think Look, it's okay Abby, to bomb bombing I, happens <laughs> i need to figure out a way to justify why they're not laughing okay so <laughs> but so okay so here's the so if i i and i, I still do shows where like a majority of the crowd may not like me and especially with what with the stuff I talk about now and when I do shows in Indiana talking about raising a you know non-binary uh transgender teen um mm-hmm. but no one can watch me even in those situations and say that I'm not confident and that I at least don't know what I'm doing and I've had yeah. people say that a couple times be like you know what I this it wasn't really for me but I I can see you know what you're doing like 
Yeah. I, I come across confident anytime I get on a stage at this point. Whereas again, five, six years ago, I would have those sets where I can remember like, Oh fuck. How much longer do I have to like, that's <laughs> not a thing anymore. I will, right. I, I, I can sink into uh, them not laughing and, and turn, like, oh no, it's a weird thing. Maybe I'm not explaining this right, but. No, I hear you. I think that's a great, you've, you've got the experience and the muscle memory and the confidence that you can bring that to the stage. So even if you're not getting the response you want, it doesn't make you lose your timing or doesn't make you flee the stage. You complete your set, you do the job, you get your paycheck. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's well, the great. last one. So yeah, that's, that's the kicker. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's impressive that I can stay that confident with how, you know, with how uh, rare I get booked anymore. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think I find that uh, it's comedy is one of those things. It's I, I can't remember what Eminem song it is where he's basically. It sounds like he's talking about a love story, but like he's talking about music, the music business, and and everything in general, and how it's like a almost like a. It's almost like a, you know, it's almost like an abusive relationship. Mm. And I feel that way with comedy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like co- comedy is this is this partner I have that beats me constantly, and I have friends that are like, "You got to get away from comedy. You just you got to, you, the comedy's not treating you right. You deserve mm-hmm. better than comedy." And I'm like, "No, but comedy's gonna change." Okay, I like, talked it out. <laughs> You're comedy, codependent comedy. with comedy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "It's gonna be different this time." And they're like, "No, it's not, Brad. You're still going to the open mic at the at the brewery. Come on, comedy's not gonna change." Um, so, what, where, uh, where do you are you? Because are you wanting to? Uh, where do you see yourself with comedy? Like, are because you're in New York, mm-hmm. right? Like Indiana, it's a very limited kind of options and space as to what you can do with comedy, which is why currently I'm not able to really you know, do as much stand up because mm-hmm. Indianapolis, there's four shitty open mics, you know, uh, that run maybe every week. And that's about it. You have to travel from here. You're in New York where you have literally endless options to get up on stage anywhere. And I honestly respect anybody that I think the reason people that go to New York and LA kind of bond together is because you guys have all taken that first step of commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys have all moved somewhere to have the best opportunity in this business. You know how hard it is to try to create content with people in Indiana. You know how flaky they are because you're like, hey, yeah, we're supposed to record tomorrow. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to be tired after my you know job at UPS. Like people get very comfortable here. You guys have already <laughs> taken that step. Like it's just it's the first sign of commitment. So mm-hmm. is stand up still the goal or have you moved into any other uh, areas of entertainment that you're pursuing besides obviously the podcast? Well, the very first goal I had was acting. And when I uh, graduated college and didn't want to pursue any higher, any education beyond that and didn't know how to get a job really in Indianapolis based off of undergrad, whatever I studied, which was like international and relations. racism, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I um, was like, hmm, I, I, I like checked out acting for dummies at the library. I met with some kind of a drama teacher to have her like assess what do I need to do to get into acting. And then I did the student film that you brought up. I keep saying student film. Sorry. <laughs> Independent film. <laughs> he was a grown man. Um, and, and then I, and I did another independent film at the same time. And I did one commercial cause I had signed on with a local uh, modeling agency at the Helen Wells agency at the time. And, and then I tried an open mic. So I was just throwing everything to the wall to see what sticks because I had the time and the availability to do it. 
Like I was, there was just nothing stopping me from trying a bunch of stuff. I also, I think auditioned for improv and then I got a job in dinner theater. So I was trying to like flex my performance art skills to see where, where it would, it would turn into. And the thing that I liked most that brought the most joy was stand up because I was in the most control of all of it. I got to write the script. I get to act it out when I wanted to and how I wanted to. Same reason I don't do improv. I don't have to trust anyone else to be funny. I it's, it's, it's up to me. I can make the decisions. Yes. You can be a lone wolf. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I kind of, um, I've liked stand up. I've liked watching stand up and, and live and on television since I was young, but, um, but to, as an art form that I appreciated and the more I learned about it, the more I liked it as a business, however, <laughs> fucking awful. I don't think there's the right documentary that shows exactly what the business is like. Um, like despite inflation rates don't go up, they go down for comics and, you know, just like clubs let close and just, I don't know the, the business practices, the personality types that gravitate towards the people who have to pay you. The fact Sexual that you can predators not get paid the sexual predator issue. Oh my gosh. There's so much. I'm glad I didn't know about comedy before I entered into it. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't talk about it today. Cause I got to help people know what they're getting into. So for me, my, um, my bread and butter still does not come from stand up. but I, I've toured, I've done the road. I have not had a comedy special yet. I am intending to record an album. Um, and so I will do, I, I, I headline occasionally, but it's more like I feature in my husband, you know, Luke, he, uh, and I'll tell everybody who doesn't know Luke, Luke Thayer is a comedian who he has worked hard to become a headliner and he pretty much kills every time he's on stage, but he's trying to build an audience. So it's hard for him to get booked because people will be like, dry bar special. But yeah, he just did a dry, dry, dry bar special. He just recorded something with killer bees. Um, that's coming out. I don't know when. And so he is, he's got some television credits for, with his standup specifically, which is helpful. I have like a couple of YouTube videos from 10 years ago that I send as a tape or I have my own tapes, but it's just like, and the, and the question is, well, why, you know, like where, what have you been doing? And it's like, I just got into television um, acting and hosting more than I got into standup. And first it was, there was sketch comedy actually in between those two. There was stand up, and then I came here to UCB to study, and I got into improv, and also I got on a house sketch team. And then the goal there was to try to get on SNL, and so I was just gunning for being on television and being funny on television. I auditioned for and book a lot of commercials, but it's I'm not flow from Progressive yet, so that's <laughs> on my bucket list. I want to be a spokesperson that you recognize and like for her humor. So you know, like there's. There's things that I set out to do that I didn't accomplish. There's things I didn't set out to do that I did accomplish that are really cool. And I don't know, looking back on it now, it's just kind of like, there's no hard and fast way to do this career. But um, I guess the one thing that is consistent is don't, don't leave. Drew Hastings said, persevere. Yeah. That was like one, something he wrote in my autograph book. This is back when people used to collect autographs. And so like at the open mic or during the, the week, we would see whatever comedian was in town at Crackers and, and I would pick their brain because I was hoping to try to become a professional at it. And I just remember that he wrote that. And I reminded him recently that he wrote that. He's like, who are you? <laughs> and um... <laughs> he's like, I follow you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, yeah, I think that's how we talked was, was through Twitter. But um, so, yeah, I think uh, the, as long as you're not out of it, you can still be a part of it and see what can change for the better. But it, But if it's not serving you and it's like, sucking your soul out of your body and 
you and there's something better out there you owe it to yourself to see what else you could be doing and a lot of people who have multiple talents i know luke was always give the advice of like you got to pick one thing because you you know your time is limited and i would give the opposite advice i'd be like try everything yeah. and see what you like the best 100 no i am team abby on that mm-hmm. we'll bring it up in the podcast and we'll have we'll we'll go back and forth on that one too absolutely and here by the way here uh quick aside so the guy we were talking about the you know uh the student filmmaker, uh, Abdullah Hashim. Do you know what happened to him after Apache Tears? No. Did you hear about that? Oh, shit, Abby. Oh, shit. Wait for this. So you remember his friend Joe? Like, it was like his best buddy. He had, like, sh- the buzz blonde hair. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall guy. Terrible comic, but super funny guy. Just, you had you know, kind of crazy. Him okay. and Abdullah went out. Do you remember um, a story uh from around that time about a cult in las vegas called the Raelians. oh yeah abdullah he did a documentary on them right they, well a secret documentary they infiltrated acting as members and secretly filmed them and then sold the uh footage to inside edition okay and did like a whole piece on it and then shit went crazy because the next time i saw abdullah he was uh asking me to be he wanted to do a he said it was a, at first a mockumentary type thing with me where I was going to play this crazy conspiracy theorist, right? Mm-hmm. And this was literally two or three months after I learned I had a six-month-old child. Mm-hmm. And what he said to me was, here's what I want you to do, Brad. I want to make this as real as possible. So I want you to take like six months and do nothing but watch conspiracy videos and just kind of immerse yourself into it like 24 hours a day. Just watch nothing but conspiracy uh, videos. And then I want you to like, we're going to film you. I want you to go just talking to people crazy. It's kind of like the Tom Green thing where I'm acting amongst mm-hmm. real people. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's like, I really want you to, I really want you to, to get into this. And I was like, well, Abdullah, that's going to be kind of difficult because I have a child now, apparently. Uh, so I don't know if the, I guess if the baby is cool with, uh, you know, conspiracy videos, maybe we could do it together. And then he, he got, they both got super into the conspiracy theory about lizard people. Mm-hmm. And Abdullah was convinced I was a lizard person. Oh no. And Yikes. that's the last time I've heard from him. Wow. <laughs> I hope he's okay. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's back in school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, the other things that I am team Abby on Mm -hmm. uh, and a little preview for those who might listen to, uh, as we call it, uh, you know, the super fans, the TKIIS, the kid is in school. Mm -hmm. I'm team Abby on food. Luke, Luke is a well of knowledge. He's never been more wrong about anything in his life than when it comes to food. Now, I don't mean like he's wrong, like he's right when it comes to health mm-hmm. but when it comes to food you are 100 percent right like i'll agree yeah <laughs> well like party foods or mm-hmm. i forget what we've talked about with when it comes to food we should do more food episodes um i'm also team abby when it comes to like traveling uh kind of like just yeah go with the flow uh but i i'm 100 team luke when it comes to podcast over music when you're driving it just makes the time go by so much quicker because a song <laughs> is like six minutes and Luke's right. right. I will play a hour podcast and it flies by. And mm-hmm. then this, this almost, I almost had to cancel your appearance, but we're desperate for guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the audacity to say elf is not a good Christmas movie. Explain yourself. 
it falls short a little bit in the heart category, especially towards the end. There's just something about the end where they, I don't even remember you mean what when happened. the entire city of New York sings to yeah. bring Christmas spirit back and yeah. save Christmas. Yeah, you're right. No heart there. Where they rip off Ghostbusters 2. And <laughs> uh, no, 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 because it was a Christmas time in Ghostbusters 2. What's your um, favorite Christmas movie? Gosh, my favorite, it's it's always like a three-way tie. Um, A Christmas Story, <laughs> National Lampoon's what? Christmas Vacation. Do you and, know what they uh, sing in A Christmas Story, Abby? Do they? At the end? Do they? No, Does no, anybody no. sing in that? When they're having dinner one night? Oh, well, yeah, that one's, that was, it's none of my, none of my favorites of anything stand the test of time. They're not appropriate anymore. Where's the heart in a Christmas story? <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I want to know, I want to, what, what do you define as heart? Because Elf is the story of this fish out of water who's trying to learn and just wants to be loved and gets an entire city to come together to save Christmas. Whereas yeah. in a Christmas story, this kid says, fuck, his dad is an alcoholic. Who's, mm-hmm. a, who's obviously a little bit perverted as well. And then <laughs> the only, the, the, the big payoff for, for saving Christmas in a Christmas story is he gets a gun and shoots himself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. The heart, I was going to say the heart is when he has to eat a piece of soap, but then you brought that up and I forgot it's because he said a swear word, but it's, but it's like, it's just really epitomizes like what it feels like, what Christmas feels like through the eyes of a kid. And even though it takes place in the fifties or yeah, in the fifties or such an old soul, it's still, uh, it's still true today. You know, the toy that you want that your parents will let you have now with Elf, Will Ferrell was the heart. And I liked his innocence. Like when he's like congratulating people on the best coffee in the world. Cause he's so naive and doesn't know that every coffee shop says that, but I don't like that. He like falls in love and has a kid because he's okay, an yeah. infant in the mind. So it's just hard for me to like grasp those elements. I do love James Con, like not having time or patience for him. But then again, he doesn't even seem fatherly to his other son. So yeah. I don't know. The yeah, casting of James Con was strange. Out, enough. Right. Like, yeah. Kinda, yeah. I, and I will agree with you. I, I, I do. Kinda, you have to suspend the disbelief of, yeah, he is, he is what we would call a, a, a bingo or a, you know, maybe a little special. Uh, in comparison, because yeah, he has the mind of a child, and then Zoe Deschanel's like, yeah, no, but I'm still gonna hit it. Yeah, that's yeah. So there were some things I would change. I wouldn't give him that half brother. I don't know what the point of that kid was, except he represents an actual kid that can still believe in the magic of Christmas. I guess. Uh, well, but yeah, and- but Will already believes, and that's enough for me. Okay. So, so I don't know. I need to watch it again. I give it a chance every year. I love Ed Asner as Santa. I love Bob Newhart's cameo. I love the comedy in it, obviously. But it's just as far as like Christmas movies that make me believe, it's like, eh, it just feels very Hollywood. <laughs> it's very interesting, though. You, you mentioned like 12 things that you love yeah. about Elf, and you had three for a Christmas story. I don't think I had any for a Christmas <laughs> story that counted. <laughs> Not in 2023. The racism, the swearing, <laughs> the dysfunction. And the perversion. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through, we we have about 15 minutes left here. I'm going to go through some topics, okay? Yeah. We're going to spend about five minutes on each one. Actually, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to go through this list twice. You're going to have to, we're doing a, a third episode because I'm we're having Luke on uh, tomorrow. So we're going to have like, we're going to have the the TKIIS invasion. It's a cro- it's a crossover episode, right? It's like you you guys are uncle parachuting into my backyard in San Francisco. Um and of step by step, I believe is that where it took oh, place. That's right. It wasn't full house. It was step by step. Did he do a cameo? No, he might have done a cameo on both. You know, like there's a those cameos are valuable. By the way, Luke's parents, they were the type of parents that referred to family matters as Urkel, right? 
and they called Full House Michelle. Like, hey, don't <laughs> turn that channel. Put Michelle on. Put Michelle. They on. called all of them TGIF. I think they just said is TGIF over yet. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. I can't believe I can't enjoy Step by Step the same way now. Thanks for bringing her up. Um, I can't help it. <laughs> what what a coincidence! First topic for you to choose from TGIF. Not even kidding. Actually, it was technically the second one. First one, Nickelodeon. So we have Nickelodeon. We have TGIF. We have 80s movies, 90s movies, breakfast cereal mascot rankings. Cool. 80s or 90s cartoons, Mm -hmm. 90s primetime TV non-animated, childhood toys, Mm -hmm. snack foods, pizza, action movies, or candy, or SNL. Okay. Um, I get to pick? You get to pick. Oh, gosh. That all sounds really fun. Um, I guess snack food. You are so lazy. It's your show. SNL. Fine. <laughs> no, let's go snack foods. So what is your go-to snack food? Uh, you mean, okay. The thing I would always love to have, but like my gut won't let me have is Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I will never not want those. And if I want to take it easy on myself, I mix them with popcorn. But I otherwise just oh. love Flamin' Hot Cheetos. What kind of, do you, like a, just a, just generic popcorn, flavored popcorn? Butter. Mm, it has to. It, I can't do butter. I, I can't even do the dairy that's, that's supposedly in right. and Hot Cheetos. Right. They claim to have cheese in there, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's the ghost peppers that are like messing up my gut. Um. So anyway, I just I just love them and Reese's cups. Like I, together, I would just eat a ton of those, in and but then I would die if at the end of it. So okay, like it would just rip my body apart. I, I, I'll tell you what. I almost didn't write snack foods down because I had nothing to go. Wait, okay. So do you remember Cereal. a, uh, are you, a, are you a big chocolate fan? Chocolate? Eat to yeah. a degree. Yeah. Cause I'm a crappy chocolate fan. I like crappy chocolate. I don't like rich ganache. Oh, okay. Did Truffles. There's a snack food when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And, uh, no one I've ever talked to about this has ever heard of it. It was a hostess snack cake and it was called Chocolicious. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Cause there was like light brown icing in it. Right. Yes, and there was cake, cake, light brown icing, cake, yeah. and then chocolate icing on top and chocolate sprinkles on top of that. Oh, yes. That does sound familiar. I remember I, those. I, I have, I have never cried when a family <laughs> member has died, but when I found out that that was off the market because my village pantry no longer carried them when I was, I wept. Wow, I haven't thought of that since probably the last time I ate one. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the ad it's for the it now, like the box. Oh, that looks familiar. It is the goat of sna- of uh, snack cakes. Yeah, it was. It didn't have that nasty white cream that they put in Twinkies. It had something special in between. Mm-hmm. Lots well, of chocolate. Chocolate's much better than vanilla, unless you're. I was a ring ding person or a ding dong. Actually, I, it was actually ding dongs that I liked. You know how everybody has like a. There's that little Debbie versus Hostess or something. Okay, so versus like, Drake's. Ring, I, I've always heard ring dings, right? But it's always yeah. like. I've heard it because that was like it felt like the one that they anytime they were mentioning ding dongs on a TV show, it was always they always referred to ring dings. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've ever seen a ring ding in my entire life. For years, I thought it was just a made up brand that sitcoms <laughs> used. Yeah, yeah, because I grew up with hostess ding dongs and I'm, I'm looking up what who makes the ring ding just so I can see it. Uh, who made it? Dang it. Now Dr. Dre's ring ding dong is coming up. That's not what I want. It was student filmmaker Abdullah Hatt- Drake's. <laughs> by the way you know you keep bringing up uh people from my past and you said do i remember jay scott yes i do and i still quote him it's so random but like the weirdest things stay in your head when he would get started on a show 
he would uh, grab the mic and then take things out of his pocket and put them on the stool nearby. Maybe it was his recorder. Maybe it was a pen. I don't know. But he would always say, Jay Scott is in the building. (laughs) (laughs) And I still say that when I arrive places. Oh, no, I, 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 I've got it. I've got to I got to clear oh. out and get, I need you to do that again because I'm clipping this and this is 100% going in intro. By the way, Jay Scott was, I believe the last episode we just had. That's uh, cool. So, okay. I'm going to clear. There's out. more though. There's more. I remember the rest of the quote, but go ahead. Were you ready for me to say it? Go ahead. Okay. Whenever Jay would take the stage, he would grab the mic and he would, you know, take the contents out of his pocket on the, uh, and put them on the stool. And he would say, Jay Scott is in the building. Let me get situated right quick. <laughs> I still say that. I say the whole thing. It's so perfect. That cadence, it's his exact cadence. Let me get situated right quick. Oh, gosh. Every time. I looked forward to it, and he would do it. Never fail. Every time. The first thing that Jay Scott ever said to me and uh, Terry, my uh, former best friend, my kid's first godfather, passed away from cancer a few years ago. Jesus there I go God. again. Thanks for bringing him up. I can't uh, believe it. The first thing he ever said to us was after an open mic, <clears throat> We were walking outside, and uh, he we were getting ready to go, you know, smoke weed in the car. And he just comes up to us. He goes, "What y'all motherfuckers about to do? Smoke some weed? <laughs> I'm coming with you." And he just and, and Terry and I for years would say like he bullied us into a friendship and into weed, but we were glad he did because we love Jay. But that's we, awesome. He had never been bullied into a friendship before. I like that. I wish my daughter would make friends that way. Honestly, instead of like waiting to see if people like her, I just feel like I'm hanging with you. Let's do this. Oh my god! It's a great way to it's a great way to insert yourself and and show confidence. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. I, well, no, I'm glad it was that. I thought you meant like I wish my daughter would just go up and bully people into smoking weed with her. And I was like, oh, it would be a good way to make friends. Uh, Oh, wait, I just saw something online. I have to tell you. I'm sorry. I have ADHD. Uh, It's Choco Bliss is what I remember. And it's very similar to your Choco Licious, but it didn't have sprinkles on top. It had stripes. Was it British? I just remember eating Choco Bliss. Anyway, I'll send you a picture later. But I've never gotten to have Choco Licious. I've seen that ad. I got Choco Bliss, which was very similar. Same icing in the middle. And unfortunately, you never will. And Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good thing I brought it up. (laughs) <laughs> you're you're torturing my soul all right back to you um yeah and by the way i i had no clue like drake's so impressive right like mm-hmm. not only some of the the most iconic snack cakes of all time i believe he's the number one uh most downloaded artist as well that yeah. guy can do anything he can yeah. act he can sing he can rap and he's apparently a hell of a baker <laughs> ripped off hostess though if we're gonna be real all I know is he keeps a spare bottle of hot sauce because that's how in demand he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's go to the busy topic. guy. Nickelodeon, TGIF, 80s. You pick. TGIF was great. I have good memories of TGIF. Just getting ready to watch it. Uh, and, and occasionally a Domino's pizza would be in the house. Occasionally? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what, what, did, like, did you get no cheese? Did you just get sauce and, and toppings? No, I didn't know I was lactose intolerant until much later. Oh, so, so yeah, I would get all the cheese. Your poor just, family. Yeah, and just be a menace, a menace to the house. So, TG, I have what? First of all, uh, do you remember a show? It was on for I don't even think a whole season. It was about a genie who lived with a family. I want to say it was called You Wish. Oh. Because, like, it, no. TGIF had this thing. It was, like, I think maybe the first year or two, it was, like, a set lineup. And it goes way back. 
it, I never realized, I thought, I assumed TGIF started when I became aware of it because as a kid, that's what you assume. And mm-hmm. then, like, when I got older, I looked back, I was like, holy shit, this, they, they, like, they've done, T, they did TGIF not only for, from like the early 80s, but that mm-hmm. shit went into like the late, late 90s with like going through different lineups. Cause like you had a time where it was like, uh, the eight o'clock would be full house and then it would be family matters mm-hmm. and then it would be boy meets world and mm-hmm. then uh step by step. And then they mm-hmm. just kind of alternated. What was either your, uh, your favorite kind of concoction of shows, uh, or <laughs> what was your favorite TGIF show out of all the lineups? And then at the end, after all of that, uh, I'm Hugh Downs and I'm Barbara yes! Walters and this is 2020. <laughs> um, I liked, I don't, I remember putting up with Boy Meets World and thinking it was sort of cute, but it got very moody towards the the final years. So I, oh, I yeah, especially stopped watching Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean was the comic issues. relief for like the first three seasons, and then it's just like it's every so week, like, fucking cheer up, Sean. Okay, like <laughs> listen, goddamn, I'm homeless, my kid got kidnapped, and I'm doing better than you. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> your mom's not around. Your fucking dad is working his ass off as a custodian to try to take take care of you, and you're embarrassed. Yeah, and they also uh, they made Eric. Like he went from just kind of being the, like he went from being the attractive older brother who was super cool to just just a complete moron and sick. I didn't like that. I didn't like that change either. So Boy Meets World, I'm hot and cold on, but I I really liked it in the beginning. And um, I didn't also, I also never liked in any of these shows when there was a kiss among the kids and then the whole audience would go. (laughs) I thought that was so lame. And also, like, shut up. uh, Boy Meets World had. the same problem with a creepy predator, much like Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. where you had a principal who is following children to every school they go to. <laughs> Mr. Feeney, really? Like, it, it always just happened to get a new job. With it's Corey. just a fun coincidence. He went from middle school to high school to college dean. I will say this. If you ever watched Frasier, they just rebooted it or continued it. And it's really, really great follow up to what they left you off with at the last. So if you like that show, the next round of it was even better. So yeah, where, where some sitcoms fail, Frasier's doing all right. But, but if my you favorite like boy meets world. You might want to try Frasier. <laughs> yeah. If you like consistency in sitcoms. Now I liked family. I liked full house the best. I liked family matters. The second best. Um, and then I like Boy Meets World. What else was there, though? Like, oh, Step by Step, I just tolerated because there were more characters yeah. on Step by Step that I didn't like. I did, I, I liked the Code Man, but I didn't like Wait, really? JT. I thought Code Man was the worst part of it. <laughs> Maybe I liked saying Code Man. Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Cody. I kind of, I, kind of surprised you went Full House, then Family Matters. I mean, I don't know why I would be surprised but, by that. But. Yeah, I'm annoying because, like, the things I wanted out of these sitcoms I didn't get. Like, I just wanted it to take place in the entire hair salon next to the kitchen. I thought that was the interesting part. So whenever they went into, over to Suzanne Summer's family, I thought that was funny. But they rarely spent time there. And then, so anyway. Then Family Matters get kind of, like, weird towards, like, Probably. I mean, I think I just got older, so I stopped watching all of them. I stopped watching when, like, you know, Steven Urkel came up with a machine that turned him into Stefan Urkel. Oh, man. Stefan Urkel, though. That was, like, my my sexual awakening. I was like, wow, he's a man. (laughs) You know what? It it still is, because Jaleel White has not changed one bit. That guy has aged magnificently. Wow, you just reminded me that he was in my dream last night. He was playing a drag queen, and he was, like, flawless. I was like, he's going to get an Oscar. How many death <laughs> drops did he do? Uh, he didn't do any. He didn't have to. He just smoldered. It just, 
he just oozed charm and charisma. So anyway, wow, small world. What's your favorite sitcom cliche? Okay, thank you. Uh, my favorite sitcom cliche. Oh, I guess I'm partial to the family talk at the end, like when the music plays, especially on Full yep. House. Oh, yep. it was so soothing to me as a kid of like the parents listen to the kid and see their side of view, see their point of view, and also show love. <laughs> Name the three male adults characters' names. Uh, that was Danny, Uncle Joey, and Uncle Jesse. Jesse Katsopoulos and Joey. I forget. You're wrong. Name. You're wrong. Okay. Crutchfield. Joey was not an uncle. He was a best friend of Danny, but they call, didn't they call him Uncle Joey? They no. just call him Joey? No, it's like a Mandela effect. Ah, right? uh, yes. It's like the parents mm-hmm. name bears uh, and everything. Like everybody always assumes it's Uncle Joey, but I learned I learned from the man himself, one of the kindest human beings I've ever met. And if you go watch <laughs> Brad's Got Single Dad on YouTube in the okay. little two minute uh, intro uh, for that comedy special, uh, we have to use air quotes for the listeners. Uh, there, there's a part where my kid who had literally what like you full house was his show he's like mm-hmm. six seven years old mom had been gone for about a year mm-hmm. and full house was the comfort show mm-hmm. that that at night and dave Couillet, aka uncle joey uh or just joey was so kind to him and spent time with him and in the video is uh you know, he says, hey, what's your name? And my kid says, Harper. And he says, how old are you? He says, seven. And he says, me too. And it's just so adorable. Also, <laughs> we met with three groups from the special, uh, like, uh, special needs uh, through the week. Cool. Would not let crackers uh, call the press. Would not let anyone uh, outside of that group take photos because he did not want publicity for it. He's a mm-hmm. really great human being. We went out and had a beer, uh, a couple beers one night at nice. Hopcat. And he's, uh, he, like, we're sitting at the table and every single staff member in the place came and asked us how we were doing. Uh-huh. And we'd be like, yeah, we're good. We just have two full beers here. And they'd go, okay, just let me know if you need anything. And they'd walk away. And then they turn back, kind of tap on the table and go, by the way, big fan. And I go, <laughs> does this happen a lot? And he goes, when, when, usually when one person recognizes me, like it kind of spreads, he goes, but like, if I'm out with, you know, John and, and Bob, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Bob walks in. He's like, hey, I'm uh, Bob Bob Saget. You might remember me. I was Danny Terry. I'm Bob Saget. I'm Danny Terry. And then he's like, then we sit <laughs> down. Everybody's coming up to us. And Bob's like, man, why won't people leave us alone? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I missed the last part of that story because it clicked in my mind. Holy fucking shit. He's talking about Bob and John is Bob Saget and John fucking Stamos. Yeah. He's describing my childhood. And he's in front of me. He's go- he shines, Abby. Like there's a lovely. Glow. There's a glow. From Dave Coulier. That's uh, special. What about favorite uh, sitcom story cliche? Like you have, you always had like the amnesia episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the, obviously, we talked earlier about the crossover where another show invades. I love the reunion because I never know how they're going to spin it. Is it that the person they looked forward to seeing it does not look as cool, or is it everything they feared? Does their spouse like help them, or Wait, is what it do you not mean great? The reunion? Meaning um, the character, like in King of Queens, they'll have a high school reunion and there's something about it where they just don't want to come clean about something. So they lie about their job or they lie about who their spouse is. So anyway, I don't know. I just love reunion scenes to see like what plays out, how people react. And they got to lie because Tammy's going to be there. Right. <laughs> my bullies, will, my bully will be there. My old crush will be there. Yeah. This teacher I used to date, you know, it's always some weird spin. The high school reunion ones. I also like uh character who is uh, completely like the code man, you know, kind of the buffoon has to get a job with someone else from the show. It completely makes a mess of things. Uh, It all goes disastrous. Yeah. 
Yeah, those uh, are great. Being, okay, being a fish out of water, being bad at your job is always funny. Oh, shit. We're three minutes over, but you got to give me five more minutes because okay. I want to do quick SNL because. Yeah. Are you are you a diehard SNL fan? Or do you still watch to this day? I, I catch it when I can, but no, I, I'm kind of like loosely understanding of who the cast members are. Cause I read like, if deadline Hollywood tells me who got hired, I always want to see if it's someone I know. And for a while it was people I knew and now it's people younger than me. So I don't know, oh, like, but I still, I, if it's a host I like, or a musician I like, I tune in. What was the last season you watched consistently? Oh, that's a great question. Ah, geez. Honestly, this is, well, let me think. I, I watched the, when Bo and Yang joined the cast. Love or maybe when AD Bryant was a, a, a regular player and Kate McKinnon was on and mm-hmm. Jay Farrow was on, like, and, and so she was made, I'd like watch that. They're, One of the greatest yeah. casts of all time. They're and pretty, I, yeah, pretty great. Have you noticed this? I find like people, because there, there's the same cliche when people talk about SNL who don't watch it really at all, right? Mm-hmm. That only, was only good when they were young. And it's, it's always this cast from when they were in high school. And yep, yep, yep. At first, it was no cast is ever going to be better than Belushi and uh, Eddie Murphy, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, no, 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 no cast is ever going to be better than Sandler, Farley. Yeah. It, just, it keeps, it's, it's typical. So uh, I think it's, yeah, it's whatever your graduating SNL cast was. <laughs> yeah, when I watched it consistently, consistently, like, like ate it up with a spoon was those years, like high school into college. And um and even then, that was like when Will Ferrell was on there and Sherry O'Terry, but I still really loved the cast before them, like the Chris Farley years. Like, mm-hmm. I really, I really loved that. The show's good every year. Like, it's just, it's good every, the problem it's is- got a great formula. I know a lot of the writers now are like a handful of the writers just through, peripherally through um, other projects. And yeah, it's good because they're, because the writers know what they're doing, you know? It's, it's in my top three shows. It's SNL, it's South Park, and it's uh, Last Week Tonight. By the way, I will, I will send you my Peacock information so you can catch up anytime you would like. Uh, I just throw it on my T-Mobile bill so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think SNL is one of those things. It's it's an institution. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, who are the people you know? Oh, like um, somebody – oh, gosh, now here it's going to – Paula – Perla – hang on. I'm thinking of her Twitter. Paula, Paula Pell. Paula Pell. Nope, Paula Pell is a – right there she is. I call her Perla Pell because that was her old Twitter handle. Um, she, she was part of like girls five Eva, which was a TV show, I think on Peacock briefly and, um, super, super funny. And she's now on like a mystery series where she's like solves mysteries. So anyway, she's kind of made the transition over to on camera, but has been behind the scenes with SNL forever. And, um, Alex Bays used to be the head writer of SNL. I got to know him through Twitter and then he went on to late night with Seth Meyers. Um, and then just like Alex, uh, shoot, Alex, I'm so stupid. Mom, this, there's. No, not not the actor, like the writers. You were saying who are the writers? Oh, okay. I know they're like stand-ups that go on to work for SNL. So Vanessa. Yeah, John Mulaney was a head writer there for John years. John Mulaney, for example. Adam, uh, it's Ghost Panther on Twitter. Adam McKay, who did a ton of great movies. Who so works anyway. for Metal Arc Media right now, uh, which is going to be one of the biggest media companies in the world. They're going to be wow. East Coast Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I love Adam McKay. Cool. So yeah, like just. Just, I, you know, I've, I've applied, I've sent packets, I've auditioned, I've tried to get in there. They won't let me in, but I, but I, I have appreciated the institution for quite some time. And also I was, you know, big into the UCB scene when I came to New York. So UCB was a pipeline for a while to SNL. And in fact, the year I auditioned, I was auditioning at the People's Improv Theater because that became like the new pipeline. So there were just new improv places they were checking out. 
now I hear Fallon like scouts comedy clubs and and since the the theater had gone under for a while like I don't know that they're always looking there they might be looking online only you know like who's viral I know that that one time they hired a guy who was famous for doing a podcast but then he famously said something bigoted in his past so that they wouldn't even let him I continue didn't on it okay I didn't mean it <laughs> give him a chance guys they heard subjective comedy uh, and by the way I, I hate to admit this about SNL one of my beloved uh, all-time favorite shows but I have a feeling, Abby, you're going to have to wait for uh, Ego Wodum to move on uh, before yep. you have an opportunity because apparently they could only have one black female cast member at a time. That's so I, the law. That's I, the law. I, I Unless you're Leslie Jones, Jones then you can coincide. Yes. You can coexist with other black women, but only she's if Leslie you're the powerhouse. She's yeah, Leslie she's the powerhouse. Yeah, I will email you uh, when Ego leaves the cast. And that way you get, no, that's just it's my time. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that's okay, all sure. right. I mean, I, at this point, it would just, they would just be children and they would call me mom and like, well, no, Leslie Jones joined when she was like 43, but you look young. She was, yeah, she was 47, I think. So that was even crazier, but she, you know, she brought her A game and and the show was better for it. So it's cool. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad I like when they go rogue on the casting. Maybe they'll do that again. They will. By the way, okay. I'm so sorry. I've kept you five minutes longer than I said I would. So I'm going to get you out of here. Say, I appreciate having someone on the show. Whose ADD can keep up with mine, by the way. Like, nice. So nice and refreshing <laughs> to have somebody that can kind of understand when we go from point to point. That's what subjective comedy is. It's just a, it's a toxic mix. It's a, it's now a, we know why we talked so long on the first time we met. 100%. And we, you know what? I bet we, I bet we never finished a single subject. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so good at letting me come back to it. Like, I went back in time, like five minutes ago. Into the new conversation. Time, Abby. I got nothing but time. So you want to <laughs> around again? In fact, send me those journals. Let me know what we talked about. Then we'll, we'll carry on. The, the next right. time you're on the show, we are going to finish those conversations from, <laughs> uh, 15, 20 years ago. Cool. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me. Uh, and don't forget to check out TKIS. The, the kid, kid is, is in, in school. school. And shout out the social medias, Abby. Woo woo. Curly comedy on Instagram and X. And, Abby, and Blue Sky. I don't know. If you search my name on Blue Sky Ned's... or Mastodon, you'll find it. Pinterest. <laughs> and Abby, if you didn't think the show was funny, what? Uh, what was it? What am I supposed to say? Comedy is subjective. Okay, ready? Say it again. No, 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 no. That's where we end the show. I know. Say it. Say your line. Prompt me. Team me up, and I'll do okay. it. Fair enough. If you didn't think the show was funny, what, Abby? Comedy is subjective. By the way, thank you so much. I never, I never let anyone do that because I always kept the episode. With, it's usually people go what, and uh, and I just go. They always say what, yeah, and it always, it always ends up me going comedy subjective. But I'm you not can only do it that way. That's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm no. I like that, and I'm not only gonna. I don't like that. I now have two clips from you that is gonna be in my next uh, intro. I do these elaborate musical intros with show clips and cool those are gonna be in there you and your jay scott impression that was amazing. awesome yeah that's oh my gosh let me get situated right quick i, sh- I should have done that when i got on 